0: I hope that as you came in, you got uh, that half sheet and pen that was offered to you by the uh, uh, greeters as you came in. So take that out. We're going to make a list together. And uh, this message just kind of won't go anywhere. If you, if you don't have, like, your list. So if you, if you didn't grab that in, don't feel shy at all about running back there and grabbing it off the square table. If you're like, I'm not doing that. Um, then, you know, if you have a phone that you can take notes on, you're not going to take very many. But uh, if you've got a phone app you want to open up to, you can take some notes. We're going to make a list. And, uh, and it just you just won't be having any fun for the next 25 minutes if you don't have your list. So... Um, <clears throat> Make a list of people that you know that you interact with several times a year at least who, you know, they don't know Jesus. You're either sure they don't know Jesus or you know they knew Jesus at one time but it sure does seem like they've drifted or you're just not sure whether they know Jesus or not because you never really had that conversation even though you see this person several times a year. So write write down two or three Names like that that fit that description. If you're really not comfortable writing names, you can put initials. You'll know who it is. It's just for you. That's all right. If you're thinking right about now, gosh, I don't know anybody like that. You know, everybody's kind of in the room. Did you remember your family? Did you remember your brother-in-law, that guy? Did you remember your daughter-in-law? Did you remember your grandparents? Did you remember your grandkids? Yeah, don't forget those. Put down a couple names. Did you remember where you work? What about your boss? What about your employees? What about some of the customers? Some of you are in places where you see customers regularly and have conversations. What about those folks? Right, right, those folks. Yeah, write down a couple names. Um, I mean, what about your neighbors? How easily we forget the people that live in the house on either side of us and across the street and their backyard backs up to our backyard. Don't forget your neighbors. You probably get a couple names out of that. And don't forget the activities, the things you do for fun, or the things your kids do for fun. Don't forget the coach. Don't forget the instructor. Don't forget the teacher. Don't forget the people sitting in the stands with you or sitting next to you at the recitals all the time. Don't forget those folks. That's worth a couple names for sure. All right. All right. Now um, how many of you have, you know, two or three names now? You got two or three names in your list now. There we go. All right. So here's the truth. Here's the truth. Every name on that list is, is those are people that God loves and uh, that Jesus came for. And you are the best, you may be the, you may be the best ambassador for those, those people on that list because you know Jesus and you know them. And that just makes you a very natural connector between the two. It makes you a very natural connector between the two. We're talking about sharing our faith. We're in the middle of a series on, on sharing our faith. And, and this week we're talking about who who might we share faith with. We are all called to share our faith. Since, since we have always been called since God has been calling people to share our faith. Since there was only one person called, that person was called for the purposes of sharing the good news of what God is gonna do with the whole world. Now, that first person ever called, his name was Abraham, and in the very first book of the Bible, in Genesis chapter 12, God tells him why. He says, all families on earth will be blessed through you. What a great start. God says, I'm starting out with you, Abraham, because the goal is all families on earth. Now Abraham has a test with his son Isaac on a mountaintop several years later and he passes the test and God takes this opportunity to remind him why he had a son in the first place. He says, and through your, uh, sorry, and through your descendants, all nations of the earth will be blessed. So he gives the same promise again. This time, all nations will be blessed. And then, at the end of Abraham's life, God reminds him just one more time. This is what it's all been about in Genesis chapter 26. He says, I will cause your descendants to become as numerous as the stars of the sky. And I will give them all these lands. And through your descendants, all nations of the earth will be blessed. It's a beautiful way to start out the Bible for God to say, I'm trying to share myself with the whole world. That's what all this calling is about. Now, the apostle Paul in the New Testament, uh, 2,000 years later, realized that he was living in the times when this promise was coming about. This is uh, interesting. Paul is as far from Abraham in history as you and I are from Paul and Jesus. So here we're kind of dropping in the middle of the story when we drop into Galatians chapter three and Paul says, what's more, the scriptures looked forward to this time when God would declare the Gentiles, that's everyone who's not a Jew, uh, when God would declare the Gentiles to be righteous because of their faith, God proclaimed this good news to Abraham long ago when he said, all nations will be blessed through you. So all who put their faith in Christ share the same blessings Abraham received because of his faith. Paul says, this is the moment. Through the line of Abraham has come Jesus, and now we share Jesus with the whole world. And Jesus reinforced that message at the end of the Gospel of Matthew, when in that Gospel, his last words to his disciples were this. Jesus said, therefore, go and make disciples of who? all nations, baptizing them in the name of the Father and the Son and the Holy Spirit, teaching these new disciples to obey all the commands I have given you. And be sure of this, I am with you even to the end of the age. That's a beautiful story of what God is doing, that he wants to reach the whole world and that he calls people to do it. And it's a good thing. It's a good thing for us to share our faith with all the people suffering from guilt and shame and anxiety in our world. It's good to share good news that there's a God who loves you. And it's a real story. It's a real story because it's happened to you and I. It's also a true story because it conforms to the story of scripture, just exactly what God said would be happening. So who are we sharing this with? Um, I don't think very many of you I could talk into getting a bullhorn and going out and screaming at people on the street. Uh, Some of you, but let's not go there. Um, I don't think if we signed up, say, hey, next Saturday, we're going to go knock on people's doors door to door in your neighborhood. And when they open the door in their pajamas, we're going to ask them, do you know Jesus? I don't don't actually think a lot of you would want to sign up for that. I hope none of you are leaving Bible tracks for your waitress instead of a tip. If you're still leaving Bible tracks, let's wrap them in 20s, all right? Right? Amen? Amen. Servers? Yes. Let's make Jesus look good, not cheap at least. Um, And then no one wants to go out and like, oh, the way we're going to reach people for Jesus, we're going to argue about a bunch of stuff. We're going to argue about abortion and evolution and LGBTQIA2+, and we're just going to argue all day long. None of us wants to do that stuff. So great. Neither do I. Neither do I. Um, That sort of uh, evangelism to strangers who weren't expecting that to happen. um, I've seen some people do it, and God help them. Some of them are successful. Um, I don't know anything about it. I've never been trained in it. I've never um, met anyone who came to Christ that way. I've heard about it. I've never met anyone, so I can't help you. I can't help you. However, um, there are plenty of ways to share faith that don't need to be done that way. So I don't think we're going to be hurt at all learning to share our faith, um, other ways. And the way I'm suggesting is to start with the names that you're holding right there on that list. So here's the truth. Those people on that list are people you like. Those are people you love. Uh, Those are your professional relationships. And I, I know that you do not want to do anything to damage those. You don't want to do anything to wreck those. Um, and God does not want that either. God is not asking you to nuke all of your relationships in order to share Jesus, especially in a way that probably won't even work. So we're going to talk today about ways to share faith so that you also remain friends. You also remain in a, a loving family and also professional relationships. Um, so that all those things are actually enriched enriched, and deepened as we talk about how to share our faith that's what we're talking about when we talk about who. It's like we're doing like the the who, what, when, where, why, how. Last week we did why and how. Today's who and what. So the who is these people on your list, these people that you know. Um, What? What exactly will we be sharing with them? So what we share with folks is called the gospel. You've heard the word gospel. Um, It just means good news. It means good news. And when you find The word gospel or good news in the Bible, very next to it, somewhere in the paragraph in front or behind, is the story of what Jesus has done. What Jesus has done, that's what the gospel is. Now, I have to be very clear about this because there are a lot of churches these days saying that nearly everything is suddenly the gospel. Um, uh, You know, uh, Sharing with the poor is the gospel, and loving people is the gospel, and even minding your own business and leaving everybody alone is the gospel. And, 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 you know, saying please and thank you is the gospel. And folks, this stuff is just, it's not the gospel. That is not the gospel. That is definitely branches that grow from the gospel. There's no doubt that people who follow Jesus have his heart for the poor and desire to see things change in this world. I mean, we just raised $1.189 million, much of it to that end that's what followers of Jesus do, but that's not the gospel. Uh, loving other people is definitely something people that follow Jesus find themselves loving people they never loved before, and, but it's not in itself the gospel. Leaving other people alone, believe it or not, is from the Bible. Do you know the phrase mind your own business comes from the Bible? First Thessalonians, Paul says, my goal for all of you in the church is that you live quiet lives, work with your own hands, and mind your own business. Look it up. First Thessalonians would be a great password for your social media account. Um, And so, but if you do those things just in isolation, it doesn't last very long. If you do just those things without it being rooted in Jesus, you just don't stick with it very long. So it's all got to grow from this one root that is the gospel, the good news of what Jesus has done. And, And I can tell you that in like six quick steps. And the gospel starts right here with, um, we're all sinners. It's kind of a downer place to start, but it's true. That's what's wrong with the world. We're all sinners. We all, And that just means we do the opposite of what God would have us to do, what he would have us to do, we don't do. We turn away from God. We ignore God. We just don't pay any attention to God. But that just leads right to the second step of the gospel, which is that even so, God loves us anyway. Even knowing that's how we feel about him, God loves us anyway. And he sends Jesus to say, this is what I'm really like. And this is how you could really live. Which just leads to the third step of the gospel. Even though he sent Jesus, we don't care. We reject Jesus anyway. And I'm not just talking about 2,000 years ago on Good Friday, hanging him on a cross. That was just the start. We continue to reject Jesus all through time, all of us, you and me, and even this morning. Every time we pay no attention to Jesus, fail to trust him, uh, run from him, do the opposite of what we know he would have us do in a situation. We're rejecting Jesus again and again, but that just leads to the fourth step of the gospel, which is even while we're doing all that, he dies on the cross for us. Even while we're doing all that, he died on the cross for us even before you and I were born. Knowing we would have this reaction, he still died on the cross for us. And when Jesus dies on the cross and he rises again, all sorts of cosmic things happen in the universe. Here's just like two-thirds of the ones I know about. Um, When Jesus dies on the cross, he pays the penalty for sin. The Bible says that the penalty for sin is death. Like humans were meant to endure, but because of sin, death came into the world. But Jesus takes away the penalty of sin. He pays the penalty of sin so that if any of you are sitting here right now thinking, I could never follow God. I've got a really negative account with him. God would want you to know that my son's already paid that. Your account's clear. Your account's brought up today. He paid for that on the cross. You don't have anything you owe me. There's no penance that you owe me. Let's come on home. Another thing is when Jesus dies on the cross, he shows us God's heart. He shows us God's love and forgiveness for us. He'll do anything to reach us. That's what he's showing us on the cross. The worst things we can think to do. So if you're sitting here right now thinking, I get removing the penalty for sin, but that's for people that have some speeding tickets and cuss a little bit. No. It's for the worst thing you can think to do. Even when we rejected and killed God's son, he says, God, forgive them. They don't know what they're doing. The worst thing you've ever done, the worst thing I've ever done, the thing you're not gonna tell me about and I am not gonna tell you about. um, That's what he wants to forgive us through. On the cross, Jesus defeats death. That's where God announces, my intention for humans was always that we live forever. And Jesus, when he rose from the dead, the Bible says he's the first fruits. He's just the first human that's going to rise from the dead. There will be many, many more. And on the cross, Jesus defeats evil, all kinds of evil. The little evil that lives inside you and I that has wrecked so much. It's not so powerful. It can push God back. Not at all. A big political evil in the world. Jesus defeats that on the cross. It was the Romans who ruled the known Western world who hung him on the cross. He rose again. Where's the Roman Empire now? Gone. Where's the church of Jesus Christ? Everywhere. And the cosmic evil of Satan and the demons and all of that sort of stuff, whatever power they have to corrupt and wreck this world, just a drop of the Holy Spirit sends them running. That's a lot of heavy theology for what's happening on the cross, but you understood it. It didn't take us a whole semester to cover all that. It makes sense as you hear it. That's the gospel. That's the good news. And so what that all opens up for us is that God's Holy Spirit. This is the fifth part of the gospel. God's Holy Spirit can come live inside our hearts. And we don't have to guess how to please God anymore. We don't have to guess what we're supposed to learn next or discover. He teaches us these things. You know, I I was practicing this sermon saying when we're ready, but then I figured out the truth is a little bit before we're ready, a little bit before we're ready, he teaches us the next lesson and shows us the next step in our faith journey. And so the sixth part of the gospel is to receive all of this great story. All we have to do is repent. Now, I'm really... Bothered that repent has been made into a scary religious word Um, because repent is just Greek for turn around. That's all it means. Turn around. Turn around and go the other way. Instead of going away from God, go toward God. Instead of facing away from Jesus, face toward Jesus. That's not so hard. That's the gospel. That's the good news. So is that what you're going to share with the people on that list when you share your faith. Not exactly. (laughs) Not exactly. You don't have to memorize the six things, okay? Um, Before I talk about exactly what I think we should share, let's pray together. Let's stop right here and pray together that, that God's Word and God's Spirit can reveal to us how to share our faith. Okay, and let's pray in the ancient way. Let's use the Bible's prayer book. Psalms is the prayers written uh, long ago for us to pray together. And let's pray in the ancient way where I'll pray a line and you pray a line and we go back and forth. And watch how this prayer teaches us just exactly how to share our faith. Psalm 96. Let's pray together. Sing to the Lord, praise his name. Publishes glorious deeds among the nations. Great is the Lord. He is most worthy of praise. The gods of other nations are mere idols. That's it. Amen. That's it. We share what God has done. So don't start out with someone saying, uh, We're all sinners. Tell them what kind of sinner you were, what you used to do that you don't do anymore, how you used to think that you don't think anymore, what you used to avoid that you don't avoid anymore. And the next piece of that is that while we were yet sinners, God loves us, but you don't have to memorize that Bible verse. Just let them know how you came to know that God loved you. Where were you when you first heard that news? That's your story. Uh, Were you riding in the car, listening to the radio? Did your grandma tell you something? Did someone sit down with you just like you're sitting down with your friend? Were you sitting in a church? Were you reading a book? How did you come to know that God had sent Jesus? And then be honest. Tell them how it didn't make a bit of difference. You ran anyway. How did you run from Jesus? How did he keep popping up and you keep turning away and ignore him and try your best to say that wasn't happening? even so he died on the cross for you how did you come to know that tell him what you felt as you came to know that did you feel the penalty of guilt and shame and anxiety being lifted or did you feel just overwhelming love and forgiveness of God did you did he break the power of death in your life because you were just about right there did you feel the grip of evil slipping off of you when the Holy Spirit came into your heart how did that begin to feel how did you begin to think differently and when you repented what did you turn away from what did you turn toward that's a story worth telling it's a beautiful story it's a beautiful story of what God has done in your life and it's good for you to share that story with other people especially with so many people in our world struggling with so much shame and so much anxiety and so much guilt, to share a good story of what God has done, that's, a, that's something a good guy does. And it's a real story. It's not six things you memorized in church. It's just what happened to you. But it's also a true story because it conforms to uh, every single word of this book from beginning to end. So some folks have said to share your faith, you really got to become a storyteller. I I agree with that. I would like to fine tune it one level tighter. To to share your faith, you become an interpreter. You become an interpreter for someone who's coming from some other place and helping them to interpret the language of this new place that they're coming to. Because here's what we believe. Here's our theology, all right? God is already doing all of this work in the lives of the people on your list already. All those names on your list, God is already doing all of these things, but they are not putting it together. Uh, One day they're having a spiritual experience. Next day they're pretty sure that's not really what happened. One day they're seeing Jesus pop up here and there. Next day they're talking themselves out of it. Most of the days in between they're just living in a confusion of everything else that distracts us and holds our attention. So they've got all these puzzle pieces laying out and they just don't, any of them go together. But here's what happens. When you tell your story, they have to ask themselves this question. Wait a minute. Is that what's happening to me? Some of the things you're sharing have happened to me. Is this how they fit together? Is this all actually going somewhere? You are an interpreter. Your story is giving them a decoder ring that says when these things begin to happen, that your life is flowing toward the cross of Jesus Christ. They may actually come to understand the gospel and the good news faster than you did because you're giving them the Rosetta Stone of your story earlier than what it was given to you. And what a good and beautiful and real and true thing that is to do for someone. So is this the first conversation that you'll have with the person on the list, your whole story? That seems a little heavy. That seems a little heavy. Remember what we learned last week. We we don't really start here. Remember the bless acronym we learned last week. Begin to pray. We'll do that here in just a moment together. Uh, Listen, listen to this person's story. Look for the signs of what God is already doing. Eat a meal with them. Uh, uh, Serve them. Look, look at the names on that list. Is there something that I could use help with right now? Then you share. And when you share out of this place of credibility, uh, you don't necessarily start with your whole spiritual story. Remember, start simple. Um, Let them know that you go to church and you like it. God may be able to do something just with that little bit of information. But at least now that's in the relationship floating around. Oh, a church person. Then at some later point when God makes this opportunity, share with them the short version, everyone. Some of you have never told a short story in your life. Um, (laughs) Practice in the mirror. Try to do the short version of how following Jesus has made a real difference in marriage, in singleness, in parenting, in illness. My faith in Jesus really helped me right here in this way. I'm done. See what opportunity God creates from that. And then after those two stages, you're in this territory where God's going to make this moment. The Holy Spirit's going to prompt you. They may even ask and you tell the full gospel of what Jesus has done in your life and the power that he has and see where it goes from there. Next week, let's talk about when and where. We've done why and how and who and what. Next week, let's talk about when and where. Are there times and places when it's more appropriate, less appropriate, more effective, less effective? To share our faith than others. We'll explore that together as we explore the scriptures. But um, for now, let's start with B in the bless. Begin to pray. Pray for these folks on the list. Pray that they would know Christ Jesus. Pray for an opportunity. Express your openness. You know, that Lord, I'm suited up and I'm ready to get on the field whenever you call me into the play. Let's pray together. Uh, Father, I confess I am a sinner. Um, I have wandered far from you, turned the opposite way. And, uh, but I know, God, that you love me even so, and you sent Jesus, and I see you in him, and I see how I should be in him. I've run from that for a long time, but I don't want to run anymore. Lord, I thank you for your death on the cross. I feel the power of evil slipping off. I feel the power of death being broken. I feel your love and forgiveness and your pursuit of me. Um, I feel the penalties all taken away, all the roadblocks removed. So Lord, I invite your Holy Spirit to live inside my heart. Show me day by day what it means to follow you because I'm just winging it here. And Father, I want to repent. I want to turn. I want to come back to you. I want to come home. Thank you, Lord Jesus, for making that way. Amen.